Welcome to episode 5 of Mancode 2.0. I hope it's episode 5. I haven't been counting. <laughs> My name is Kit McCarran. I'm Mark Schindler. And we're here to talk about a new way to view masculinity. New, different, but probably something that's not typically the norm, I would say. I guess the point is that we're talking about things that usually guys, uh, it's taboo to talk about. That's the word I was looking for. Okay. So there's one particular thing that I wanted to bring up to you today. Okay. I'm excited because you haven't really told me anything about it. You're like, let's just go in and record and... I think it's really important. The last time that we were here talking together, we were talking about... I don't even remember exactly what, but I remember there was a subject that came into my head and I thought to myself, this is a relevant point. I need to talk about this. And then I was hit by a wave of shame and a wave of like discomfort. And I was like, oh, and you're like, no, never mind. Right. And we edited that out. I remember this. Yeah. And I felt so uncomfortable and so like I, I chickened out and I felt ashamed afterwards. I thought to myself, if we're coming in here to say th- we're talking about things that we don't normally talk about and that we're trying to set a standard of like, it's okay to bring these things up. What am I doing coming in here and then totally not talking about the difficult thing? And so that's, that's what I'm here to talk about. I'm here to talk to you about penis size. <laughs> I don't know why I laughed like I was like a 12 year old boy. Um, okay. So the subject... Which is weird, I, I will say, is a little different and weird for me because obviously as a trans man, I don't have a fun- an actual like cisgendered penis right. per se. Right. But I think you'll totally know what I'm talking about. Okay. Okay. So it was it was brought up to me in some kind of fashion. My, my fiance, I'm really excited. We're getting married in April. Uh, Marie, Marie and I love talking about it. Doesn't matter. So... <laughs> <laughs> Maria Maria and I haven't really spent much time talking about our previous partners and that's a that's an informed decision. I mean we kind of brought it up. We said, "Hey, is this something that we want to talk about?" And both of us said, "You know what? We we can, but it doesn't seem really that relevant or important to, you know, our relationship right now." Right. And it was brought up to me through one of our mutual friends who just decided out of the blue that this is an important thing to mention. And she mentioned how uh, Maria's most immediate previous boyfriend had an enormous penis. Ah. And that that was a thing. A thing as in like that was a good thing? Yeah, that that was a really good good thing. thing. She enjoyed. Right. Gotcha. Yeah, that, that, that was a part of their relationship and a part of what our friend knew about the relationship and and about other people who are now or have previously been dating this person. This is a known thing. Okay. And I've brought it up to Maria before. I'd said, hey, what is, what's the deal with this? Is this something that, you know, is important to you? And so this is a difficult thing to talk about. There's so many judgments and jokes made between guys about penis size this is true it's it's what quote makes you a man yeah it's like the ultimate classic uh male battle like just dick measuring you know this is this is a classic right no yeah i don't know 
Paleolithic thing. And so I was hit the 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 weird thing is like I've never had a complaint personally uh about penis size. This this hasn't been an issue for me in the past. But she hasn't complained about no. your size. No. But you just knowing that somebody had a big penis, you just felt I felt belittled? Yeah, I felt uh emasculated and I felt jealous and I felt kind of uh, ashamed. Well, so my question to you though is this friend that talked about, you know, this guy with the big penis. I mean, did they say, oh, he was nine inches and then you're like, oh crap, I'm not nine inches or was it just, you just heard big? Like what classifies what's big? That's a really good question. And Maria, you don't know that you might be the same size. Yeah. Well, Maria has said that we're comparable, which I think is a kind way to say you're not as big, but it's not like a huge difference. And she's told me before that her previous partner, it was a problem that it was uncomfortable to do things with him because of his size mm-hmm. and she didn't enjoy certain acts. So, you know, I, that informs me that it's different for me. And she enjoys doing things with me that she didn't with him because it's not painful to her. Right. So that tells me that, you know, there's a size difference. So what I struggle with here is that, you know, I'm aware that there's a difference. But Maria's, like I said, I've never had complaints and Maria seems very happy. Mm -hmm. So I'm aware that this is not a problem. Uh, and this is not something that to Maria or to anyone else, as far as I know, is something that belittles me. It's not something that I'm made fun of for. Right. But it bothers me that that is even a concern, you know? Yeah, okay. Because I think in a similar way, women, I I think it's not exactly similar, but women feel a sense of competition about breast size. And Maria's told me that women feel a certain competition about um, how tight their vagina is. Oh, yeah. And that's that's what I'm told. I I mean, they have, like, whatever uh, vaginal rejuvenation, like, you can get that done to, to like, have a tighter vagina. Really? Yeah, it's I like a surgical that. thing. Really? Yeah. Okay. I didn't know that. Yeah. That's cool. I mean, it's not cool. <laughs> it's. I guess it's good if you... If you, if you choose to want that, it's fascinating to me that they can even do that. Yeah, that's true. That that's that's possible. That's kind of mind blowing to me. But at the same time, I don't know. There's so many different people and different bodies that fit together in different ways. Mm -hmm. And as far as I know, Maria's super happy and is is enjoying my body. But what gets to me is just how I felt about knowing that and feeling just this sense of like I'm being judged which is made up like it's in my head I don't believe that girls are getting together and being like well this guy had you know one and a quarter inches difference from this other guy so it was clearly better or worse or whatever yeah I don't envision envision women like Busting out a measuring tape. Right. Be like, let's me- let's measure here. <laughs> right. Right. But it just hit me so deeply that, 
you know, I felt a sense of shame that I, in a literal, like classic way, I don't measure up. Right. But, and, and I, I wanted to bring that up because, uh, the reason that I wanted to bring it up is because I had this feeling, this really deep visceral feeling that I couldn't let go of as much as we talked about it, as much as we discussed and said, look, this isn't a problem. This isn't something I judge you on. This isn't, uh, something that affects our relationship, mm-hmm. except that I'm happy with you and you make me feel good. Even knowing that, even intellectually understanding that, I can't let go of this feeling. And that's what was really frustrating, is I want to be able to just get over this. Why, why can't I let go of this feeling? And it seems to be totally separate from my logical, intellectual knowledge. And I, I want to understand that better. I, I don't think I'm alone. You know? No. And it's, I guess it's just hard for me because I don't, like, I, I feel that way only because as a trans man, I, I mean, and I haven't had bottom surgery that I don't have the, the penis that I feel like I should have been born with. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't feel judged in a way in, in the same situation as you, because I mean, I'm the only person Jen has ever been with. So she's not, she's mm. not comparing me to anything. Mm. She has nothing to compare me to. Mm-hmm. Um, which is which is great for <laughs> me, out for you, <laughs> because I'm the best. Then right. because I've that's the only thing she's you know ever had to deal with. Right. Um, but I can I can imagine just you know haven't really been in quote a locker room situation or mm. guys are talking about you know their penis sizes mm-hmm. or whatever. But I do understand the not feeling as adequate as a man, right? Because of the lack thereof, right? Yeah. And like I said, I just can't get over this deep sense. I think it's like a socially ingrained sense of this is what defines you as a man. Mm -hmm. This is, uh, it's easy to throw around jokes. It's such a social thing to say, to make fun of penis size is a measure of whether you're a, a sufficient man or not. And so, yeah, I felt uh, like I wasn't good enough and I felt like I couldn't satisfy Maria in the way that I aspire to, mm-hmm. which, you know, as we talked about, like I said, is not the truth right. and not what she thinks or has ever said or... You're worried about it or concerned about it or thinking about it more than she right. ever has. Yeah, exactly. And I know I'm not alone in that. So I'm, f- I, w- I want to talk to more guys about this. And this is a hard thing to talk about is you don't just casually bring up penis size. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you're just chilling on the bus and be like, Hey, so what's your penis size? Right, 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 right. <laughs> but it, it's such a complex sociocultural personal thing of how you feel about this. And I actually think it's relevant to how people feel about their weight because I think that's, it's, it's similar, I guess, to how women can judge each other based on breast size. But, you know, it's this general sense of this one type of being is better than this other type of being. Yeah, and and it always goes back to the episode that we had talking about porn and how unrealistic that is. Like mm. we, there's this ideal quote body, or right. even with men, like you know, right. 
they are at least X inches big. Right. And because, you know, they're doing the pornography and, and we feel like we're not, we don't look like those people. So therefore we're not as good as those people. Right. Right. Absolutely. Which is really sad considering the wide range of things that we do and provide for our partners mm-hmm. and who we are as people. But because it's such a taboo and not talked about thing, sexuality, I mean, that it's something that we all kind of live in our own heads and don't have that same sort of social discourse. I, I think, you know, it, it, we... It's, it would be easy to say, you know, if you, if you love, I don't know, if you just love hockey or you just love ballet and you just love eating mac and cheese made by XYZ French chef that, you know, you're somehow inferior and you have a limited point of view. I think we don't we don't think that way because there's so much discourse about, you know, there are all these different types of people and different likes. There are different ads for people who like different foods and whatever. Right. And that's totally fine. It's whatever. Well, it's almost like how. So when you were saying guys don't typically talk about penis sizes, Mm -hmm. it's it's interesting because women, I feel like, are okay with talking amongst other women about, say, breast sizes. Really? Um, you know, I've been in a situation where, you know, girls talk about, you know, I wish my boobs were perkier or, Mm. you know, they're big, but they're saggy or whatever the reason is. Or I wish, you know, I was a cup size bigger. Like, I feel Mm. like women talking about their breast sizes, if we're going to, you know, talk about a body type Uh uh, thing Uh that, that I think is talked about more easily than men talking about their penis. Yeah. Yeah, because for guys talking about penis size, oh, it would be so unacceptable to right. say my penis is so many inches big, and the guys would look at you like, "What? What the? F- why? Why would you say that?" <laughs> it would be like women talking about the tightness of their vagina. Mm. It'd be maybe talking because I don't feel like women talk about that. Okay, okay. Gotcha. I mean, I don't think they're talking about their vagina in general, but I mean, yeah. But a guy could be like, uh, "Well, I had a." I had a run-in with Viagra the other weekend who went pretty well, if you know what I mean. Right. Like, that's that's about at the limit of how much you can talk about your penis activity. I I don't know. I feel like, well, masturbating, I think, is a little bit less taboo for guys. No, yeah, I agree with that. But they're not talking much as far as the detail of... Right, no. No. Of masturbation. Well, you... I would assume... I mean, I just assume. I guess. You, yeah, you're not gonna be like, oh, I, you know, I, I masturbated and I was able to be hard for three hours. I right? Mean, no, I, yeah, you wouldn't talk about that. Right. And that's that's interesting. I mean, I just wish there were so much more discourse. Like I was saying, you know, there there are TV shows and there are different kinds of newspapers of mm-hmm. whatever of these all these different magazines of all these different interests and uh, lifestyles. And I don't feel like there is that much. I feel like there's a growing movement of uh, stuff that supports, I don't know, saying, you know, anti-fat shaming Mm -hmm. and, um, you know, different body styles are okay and and good. I feel like that's a growing thing. Um, But 
I don't think that there is there's that much in terms of uh I don't know sexual I don't know sexual organs uh, about our bodies and the way they develop and I don't feel like there's that much support for bodies of different sizes. It's such an easy laugh in a movie or TV show or whatever joking about a man's penis size. No, I agree and I'm sorry if you if I mean you can't see people are listening cannot see what I'm doing. I get it was getting out my phone because <laughs> I was just thinking I remember looking through Netflix a while ago and there uh-huh. was a documentary or something that was talking about and I feel like it was about like penis sizes it was I watched that and I feel like I needed I wanted to know what it was called because I wanted to talk about it and see if you've watched it I have watched it do you remember what it was called um (laughs) I don't remember exactly but let's talk about it and I'll see if I can find what it is this guy went around and actually uh asked people about penis sizes like do you think I have a small penis and he he would ask people do what do you think is a good penis size and he went to all these consultants and so forth and asking, you know, can I do anything about this? It was a really interesting documentary. He was the reason he made the movie, I believe, was he was just dumped by his girlfriend who complained about his penis size. Yeah, I just found it. It's called Unhung Hero. Ah, uh, yeah. I'm adding it to my queue now. Yeah. So, yeah, the size matter. Uh, it did to Patrick Moot, I guess his last, last name, his girlfriend, who's... Very public rejection of his proposal led him to create this eye-opening documentary. So she yeah. didn't want to marry him because of his penis size is what it was? Yeah, I think it was at a, a big basketball game or something. Oh, that so it was he, like a very public... He proposed and she uh, said no. Because of penis size. Yeah. Oh, wow. Uh, okay. Yeah. I'm watching that later. Yeah, it's super interesting. And I'd love to hear your thoughts about it afterwards. But I think the point is this is such a taboo thing which is easily easy to take really personally i so um my fiance maria she really loves this podcast called dear sugar and it's uh it's a podcast of not a husband and wife but a man and woman who um are i i don't know exactly their background they're writers and they uh they talk about relationships and sexuality and they tend to be very open, very thoughtful, very uh, understanding people. And they got this letter. Uh, Maria showed me what it was today. And it was a letter of a guy saying, I, I love my girlfriend and I'm really happy with her. We've been together for a long time, but I've... I feel uh, she she went to her doctor and her doctor said you could consider losing some weight that would uh, help your health. Uh, there are things that affect your heart and mm-hmm. and stuff like that. And he was like, "This is something that's bothered me, and I wanted to bring up to her like, I you know I want I want us both to be happy." And she flipped out and was really unhappy that he brought that to her. Now, did he bring it up to her because uh, he was worried about her health or was it more of a, I just think you're too, quote, too big? I think it was the second. Okay. And if it was about the health, then I, you know, there's at least some thing there. You know, if it's more of just because I don't like the way you look because you look too big, Mm -hmm. then that's, yeah, no. Yeah. 
so the the people on the podcast said the same thing. The the woman Cheryl Strayed is is the woman who's on that podcast, and she said, "Listen, this is this didn't come from a place of I'm concerned about your health or like how can I help. It came from a place of uh, I've always been a little bit bothered by your weight, and can we do something about that? Mm-hmm. It was more about him than her, right? And that's what Cheryl said." And the guy, uh, I'm not going to remember his name, um, but he was saying, you're right, but at the same time, I think this is an important thing to talk about and it's not wrong to bring up if it's going to be, you know, an issue that comes up in their relationship. And the answer is not to shut up and never talk about it. So how do you bring this up and have an open conversation where everybody is heard without, you know, just ignoring it. And so I think, I think you're right. And I think Cheryl's a little bit right that, you know, this, this could come from a place of concern. Hey, you know, this is affecting your health. How can I help? Right. Um, unfortunately that's not what he did. And it sounds like that blew up in his face. But while I was listening to the podcast, Cheryl, uh, strayed the woman on who runs the podcast she seemed uh the the guy brought up hey listen guys have body image problems too these are things that affect both men and women and cheryl just completely dismissed it she oh like, no yeah she was like no guys don't deal with it in any way like women do and that kind of bothered me yeah it was like you're dismissing half of all people and things that affect their life. And I think that's relevant to what we're talking about is that it's really easy to dismiss this kind of thing as like, well, get over yourself. Who cares? Mm -hmm. But it's, it's not that simple. I think it's on par with, you know, if someone fat shames you, I think that's, that's something that is, is possibly within your bounds of something you can change after a long time, not that you need to, but it's something about your body that at that moment you can't just control. And I think shaming about penis size is worse because it's totally genetic. You can't change that at all. And it doesn't make sense. Right. Okay. Can you get a penis enlargement? No. All of that is totally made up. I mean, I don't know if there was like a surgical... There are some things like you can take fat from another part of your body and put that around. So you can get bigger girth. Right. But not length. Kind of. Yeah. Yeah. You can't increase your length as far as I know. There is some kind of tendon below your groin, which I believe you can sever, which kind of pulls your penis area up away from your pelvis a little more. So it's kind of like showing more of what's there already, but there's nothing you can do, which like, you know, cut off a part and then extend and right. then reattach. That doesn't exist. All of these herbs and stuff, like the most they can do is just make you more aroused or increase blood flow. Right. Which you can do if you just get really turned on. Yeah. <laughs> Penis enlargement is a complete myth. Uh, getting more turned on is a thing you can do, but that's, the best you can do really. And so this is not a thing you can change. Boobs, you can get a boob job if you really, really want. 
Um, I mean, there are lots of really good reasons for that. Like breast, my mom has some. Yeah, breast <laughs> cancer is a really good reason. Um, but my point is just this is not a thing that guys can change at all. And there are lots of things that you can do to please your partner that don't involve your penis. Right. I mean, I know personally, I it pleases Maria a lot to uh, stimulate her with my hands and fingers, and you know, talking dirty and playing with the rest of our bodies. Right. It's the more, it's more intimate. More. I don't think of the word I'm, I'm looking for. But head spacey. Yeah. Yeah. It just it's it's the it's the sexual mind games. Yes. In in a positive way. Absolutely. And man, you can you can blow someone's mind playing with them like that. Mm -hmm. There's so many wonderful things you can do in a relationship that don't involve penis and vagina or penis and anything necessarily. And so I think that's really easily ignored. We have such a limited uh, conception of what sex means outside of porn, I think. And even within porn, there are only... Porn shows like... It shows things. It It's literally what you can see because it's a video. Right. Or it's a picture. I think the best substitute is maybe uh, erotic literature. I mean, things that get into your head and talk about those you know, yeah. more headspacey things. That's what I like to read when I want to get, you know, really excited and really, yeah, in a, in a sexy headspace. I think there are really valid alternatives to penis size. I think that it's obviously a myth that penis size is something that limits who you are, but this is not socially recognized or appreciated. And that's what I experienced when I heard XYZ friends talk about this, this guy with a massive penis. Right, right. I had this just deep sense of uh, our culture judging me on that and you know what it hurts it sucks how do you feel about it now since it's been a while good question i think i've come to terms with it better i'm able to take that feeling and really talk to maria about it and i feel more comfortable bringing it up and saying hey this is a thing i think about and we can talk about it a little bit and she's like well i don't i don't feel in pain when we're having fun together so I think Yay for that yeah <laughs> I I think it's getting a lot better but it's it's such a deeply distilled judgment you know that comes from middle school and high school and all those stupid jokes that are just like here's a throwaway easy joke on right. whatever show or movie and that stuff seeps into you I think that's similar to what women can feel about judging their bodies, you know, a simple throwaway joke about fat chick, you know, oh, yeah. that's really hurtful and really has an unnecessary impact on how people see and love themselves. Now, you had a video that you wanted me to watch. Mm hmm. So I'm a big fan of this YouTube channel called Feminist Frequency. There's a lot of controversy over it. Uh, Anita Sarkeesian, she if you've ever heard of Gamergate, it was this thing involving Anita Sarkeesian. She's the person who runs this YouTube channel, Feminist Frequency. She's been on The Daily Show. She's been on all kinds of stuff. 
And um, so what she's doing is trying to document uh, problems in games and movies that are based in sexism of putting women in a certain box mm -hmm. and saying, this is how women are being represented. This is how women are being kept out of the same kind of roles and opportunities that men are. And I think it's super interesting. Watching her videos really made me think about things that I've watched and things, that, you know, the casual throwaway jokes or whatever. Yeah. That, you know, those have a real impact. And so I usually really like the stuff that she puts together, but then I watched this video. Um, what is it? Five ways. Five ways men can help end sexism. Yes. And I thought this is really interesting. What is she going to say for how men impact sexism? And so there's this one part that kind of bothered me. I wonder if you could play it. All right, let's take a listen. Like women, men have been socialized to passively accept sexist ideology. While they need not blame themselves for accepting sexism, they must assume responsibility for eliminating it. Men are not exploited or oppressed by sexism, but there are ways in which they suffer as a result of it. That bears repeating. Men are not exploited or oppressed by sexism, but there are ways in which we suffer as a result of it. What the F? Yeah. So what it goes on to say is we do suffer as a result of sexism, and it was going to point out things like uh, the boys don't cry sort of thing. Mm -hmm. But what really bothers me is saying no men uh, are exploited or oppressed by sexism, and I think that is absolutely false. I just don't understand how anyone can think that Nobody is affected by sexism. Well, they, they are saying that men do suffer as a result of sexism. They're not saying men aren't affected. But I think I it's... Saying, uh, being exploited and oppressed. Is, yeah. yeah. And the, the s very simple example is, uh, what about homosexual men? Right. Absolutely oppressed and exploited. Uh, if it's illegal to be homosexual, then you can very easily be blackmailed and exploited and you're oppressed legally from being who you are. And I think in a social way, I think men who don't fit the, I don't know, traditional, oh, excuse me. <laughs> men, Let that burp out, Kip. <laughs> oh, geez. Men who, I'm, I'm drinking Fresca. Doesn't matter. So I think men who don't fit this traditional model of the ideal masculine man are oppressed and exploited by those who assume power over them. You know, a, sh a short man or a, a not assertive man, somebody mm -hmm. who just doesn't fit the standard, no, yeah. uh, you know, Captain America ideal of masculinity. So I, that just bothered me. I saw that and I was like, wow, way to just discount anybody who doesn't fit your model of what a man is. I feel like in a sense, like they're doing exactly that. <laughs> yeah. Like they are exploiting men. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Pressing. 
by saying that almost, I feel like. Hold on. I'm really excited to say this. I don't think I've ever said this in a serious context. Okay. Check your privilege. <laughs> <laughs> well played. Thank you. <laughs> I just thought that was super interesting. Because I think it, it is interesting. In the, in the beginning of the video, they define what feminism is. And they say, Fem feminism is a socio-political movement uh, to end sexism and the ways that uh, all people are oppressed or exploited. And I think that's great. Yes. And it's strange to me that they then go on to say that no men are exploited or you're doing that exact <laughs> thing. It's like you're being a total hypocrite. Yeah, it's kind of strange. I I think, and it's interesting to me that they chose to have a man deliver this message. I think precisely because I there's been pushback that it's easy for you as a woman to criticize the way men do things. I think they consider it more powerful for the message to come from a man, which isn't that in itself is it's sexism. sexism. <laughs> <laughs> That's hilarious. Yeah, I don't know. I I really like a lot of the stuff that feminist frequency has put out. I love the way that they talk about how m women have been used as a sort of. Uh, I don't know, a story prop um, that they have this what woman woman in the freezer idea that there's this one woman whose only role in the storyline at all is to die and to be stuffed into a freezer for the man to, to find and be like, no, and then avenge their death. And that's, you know, you're right. That sucks. If that's the only role, serious role of a woman in this storyline, that's a problem. Yeah. And I think there's something to be said for men as well. I think that's what goes on in stories. Let's take a look at reality for a second. <laughs> Who, who's been fighting these wars when a politician says, well, we need to take this country and, 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 and fight on the beaches and in the air and, and all that stuff. Then who goes and does that? Men. Men go and die on the wishes of random uh, Republican politician who just has violent rhetoric. Hmm. Men go and die. The yeah. end. The end. That was, that was your role, <laughs> was to die. Yeah. Your role is to be a prop for this political movement, hmm. which, which is sad and interesting. And then I think a great quote, I don't know, was it Bernie Sanders? Somebody was like, if you don't want to take care of your soldiers coming back from war, maybe you shouldn't send them in the first place. We're not here to talk about political no. <laughs> things. But my point is that men suffer in a real way because it's our been our traditional role to be the fighters, to be the ones who put our lives on the line to defend whatever it is. And I think the, the same, a different side of the same coin is to say, then it's women's job to just be passive and sit in the background while men do the fighting and negotiating and stuff. I agree. That sucks too. Yeah. And I think both roles are problematic. It's much better for men and women to work as a team to solve these kinds of problems and defend each other. Yeah, definitely. I think that tends to be the reality in a lot of ways when 
you know, at home, I don't know. Maybe I'm just making shit up, but. They're your opinions, so you're not really making them up. Okay, yeah, my my opinion is that I find it hard to believe that every or even most women just would not defend their family if th- they were in danger. I would tend to believe that men and women would work together to defend things that they hold dear. Of course, like take if somebody was harming their kid, yeah. like the mother and father yeah. are going to do whatever they can right. to protect their child. Absolutely. <laughs> I'm absolutely not saying that feminist frequency is wrong, that women are being put in a shitty place. I think it's equally as valid that in a real physical, real world way that men are being put in a shitty place too. And that that's something we need to think critically about. Clearly this this is something that other people have thought critically about too because women are now being uh, put into battle uh, roles, I believe, in the military. Yeah, and I don't remember. Uh, I read something or saw a video or something about it, but something 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 Donald Trump said about oh boy. women, about not wanting women to uh no maybe it wasn't donald trump i think it was um ben carson actually that okay. was like okay. didn't want women to do combat um but if they can but only if they can meet the same standards i guess he didn't mm. want to like lower standards it was mm-hmm. this weird I, I don't quote me on this because i okay. literally just saw it at a glance and saw that what it was and didn't even really want to pay attention to it to be completely honest because <laughs> i was like I don't want to listen to you. I don't blame you. Yeah. Um, but it was something like that because I think that's why he was saying that. Mm-hmm. But yeah, because like women, I think now cannot like be in infantry or, or fight in the front lines. Mm-hmm. I believe. I could be way wrong. I don't know. I've never been in the military. <laughs> I You've have, been. but it was so long ago. <laughs> it was when the, it was during Don't Ask, Don't Tell. So there was, uh, that was, you know. Yeah. But. Obviously, women are allowed to be in the military and have been for a long time. Right. But I think it's still just a general social understanding that it's men's role to fight and to die, basically. I think it's just a really common saying, women and children, protect mm-hmm. the women and children, which is is tough. It's a tough thing because, you know, I don't want women or children <laughs> to be killed but I think it's kind of unfair if if we're going to set a standard that men and women deserve equal roles, then, you know, I I think that's not necessarily a reasonable thing to expect. Well, I mean, we as society should just really be not worrying about we need to protect women and children. It's we as society, as humans, should be protecting our fellow humans. Right. Regardless of the situation. Yeah. It's well, the, it, you know, it even comes back to the very, I think our very first episode when we were talking about uh, what it means to be a man. It's mm. just, what? Being per- an adult. Being an adult. Your personal responsibility, being an adult and protecting your fellow humans. That's right. Like it always just goes right back to that. Well said. So there's your lesson for the day. Be a fucking adult. (laughs) (laughs) Be a human. I'd like to say thank you to my penis for being perfectly sufficient. And being there for you. 
being there for me. Helping good me. times and bad times. Yeah. There's, there's never a bad day for me to have good bonding time with my penis. I also would like to thank my penis. What I call my penis. Mm-hmm. That's been there for good times and bad. <laughs> and other penises that I might purchase. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. That could be any size I want to be, right? That, absolutely. I, guess. I, I would like to thank all the penises in history for uh, producing children and for being an important part of making human life possible. And anybody named Richard because (laughs) because we can say that your name is Dick. (laughs) So if your name is Richard kudos to you. Yeah. Major props. You're, You're the important dick of the day. (laughs) 